What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another action-packed episode of Got Fitted Japan. I am your host, Johnny. And I'm your second host, Jeremy Deschner. That's right. And as you fine folks know, Got Fitted Japan is about two dudes. Booze! Japan and the motherfucking news. That's right. That's right. And we've got a lot of things going on today. We got a lot of things on our table. We got a lot of things on my chest, too, that I got to get off my chest. And one thing that I got to get off my chest is something that was in my stomach earlier. Oh my God. Jeremy, do you like steak? I fucking love steak, bro. I know you do. And you know how to cook steak. You can cook like a boss, dude. I've seen some of your yeah. photos on the uh, Instagrams and Facebooks, and uh, you're uh, quite a wizard when it comes to cooking with the barbecue and all that jazz. Yeah, I'm pretty good at that shit, man. I, I've been doing it a long time, and I've here and there. Uh, they've all come, come together. Yeah, so like, what, what kind of steak did you have that you want to talk about? Um, well... Last night, I'm still full from last night. Last night, I went to the steakhouse, and I'm sure you've heard of it. It's called Ribera, and it's like a pro wrestling steakhouse that I I guess is globally famous, and everybody in the wrestling and mixed martial arts like uh, world knows about this place. Correct. That place is uh, kind of a rite of passage for anybody in in in, uh, combat sports, anybody in wrestling, or anybody in MMA. Um, the father started it uh, probably back in the 70s, and it's, it's been popular since. Uh, as a matter of fact, David Van Erich, he, he died in 1984 here in Japan. He had his last meal there. Wow. At, at Rivera. Yeah. And uh, that was, he was, he was, uh, that was his last meal on the earth before he died. And then everybody else, you get them old pictures of pro wrestlers and stuff like that and you will see them you know having a Rivera jacket i have a Rivera jacket everybody who's in a, who's in, into fighting sports has Rivera stuff man that place is great oh my god i'm gonna go there tomorrow too oh and it, <laughs> no no I, I told my friend missy about it and missy's like oh yeah I, I go there all the time it's a fantastic place and it's in our neighborhood so we're gonna go there together we're gonna get a bunch of friends and shit and we're gonna go there and we're gonna eat fucking steaks dude and they get the half pound and the half pound is for babies then they get the pound and then it just goes up from there and stuff and i am stoked to eat at Ribera, dude. That place is dope. And when you walk in there, it's kind of cool because when you walk in, they play like old school country music from like the 1930s yeah. and 40s, right? And they play yeah. it, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. And it's like, kind of got that vibe to it too. But from top to bottom, wall to wall, it's just chuck full of fucking photos of professional wrestlers who have eaten there, right? And they're all autographed and signed. And they got everybody from Bob Sapp to Hulk Hogan, to, to that guy that murdered his family and stuff. He's up there and stuff. Everybody's up there. 
Yeah. Oh my God. It's crazy. So everybody in the pro wrestling world has been there and oh my God, it, it's so cool. Steaks are delicious. You get a nice steak. They'll, they'll cook it any which way you want and stuff. You want rare, you got rare. If you want medium rare, they got medium rare. If you want it well done, they tell you to go fuck yourself. No, I'm joking. They got that too. No, they should. Yeah, they should. Oh yeah. I would re I would refuse to cook a, a well done steak. Why would you want to ruin a piece of meat by burning it? Exactly. Just eat the chuckle, man. Just eat the chuckle. Just medium eat the rare, go fuck yourself. Yep, I completely agree, dude. And then they give you a big bowl of rice. And then, yeah. then they give you some corn. I don't know why you get the corn, but they give you some corn. <laughs> you need corn to grow, man, to get big and strong. They used to have a challenge there. and uh, I forgot if it was the pound steak or the, or was it two-pound steak. But if you could eat all of it, you got it for free. And I think I think you have to pay like 10,000 yen or 100 bucks mm -hmm. up front. But you could eat everything on in a certain time. I think it was like within 45 minutes, you get everything for free. Yep. Yep. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I think they still have that challenge. And yeah. I, I think it's for an hour. And I guess, no, it's like three one-pound steaks. So it's like a – Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And I then, forgot what it was. It's been a while since I've been there. But, it, mm -hmm. uh, man, if you could do that, you could go and the way much fun. I mean, you did the meat sweats. You'd be pouring in sweat, you know, you're trying to get the rice down, trying to get the bread down, everything. Whoo! I can't imagine it, bro. It's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. I think the rice would do you in. I could probably handle the meat, but once you get to the rice, you're just like, oh my God, because rice is fucking filling, dude. It is really what meat filling. Sweats? What about meat sweats? Do you get the meat sweats? I get the meat shits. <laughs> 95 shits a day and you're doing fine yeah oh my goodness yeah 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 there's a lot of fiber in rice <laughs> oh man so che have you ever been to this place no actually no actually i uh, never been there is it, is it uh, tokyo only is it is, is it a chain or or just no, so there's only two of them in there. They're both in uh, close to each other. They're in uh, the Gotama Megaro area of Tokyo. Okay, very, so very Tokyo. Famous. Yeah, that's right. Okay. And um, faders, I just introduced Che, but not introducing Che. Che, the man. Hey there. The legend, <laughs> the guy that's been silent as a ninja over there in Italy is on the show. Faders, we have got a guy on the show that knows the guy that knows the guy. This guy is the guy. Shay is the guy. He's the man with a plan from Osaka land, dude. This guy is incredible, man. <laughs> I've seen your artwork. I've heard a little bit about your music and stuff, which is new to me and stuff. And we've got a mutual band friend or group that's kind of like a mutual friend of a friend and stuff. And uh, you know Indeed. what, dude? I am stoked to have you on the show, man. Fucking, we've been talking for a while and stuff. And finally, Thank it you so happened. Much. Finally, you're a busy guy over there. <laughs> where are you? <laughs> I know where you're at, but where are you? Thank you so much for making it happen. Thank you for having me. I'm based in Catania, Sicily, Italy, in the Mediterranean Sea. So exactly on the other side of the world. But I used to live in Osaka, Japan in about 11, 12 years ago. Yeah, when mm -hmm. I left. And uh, so here I am still getting busy with, you know, Japanese bands and projects and stuff because uh, I have... A huge love for this country that told me a lot so I'm super stoked to be able to be working with you were mentioning before that you saw my illustration for Vivat the band with Tama and Ken 
So I'm super happy for doing this project because it's going to be in stores in Japan, all over the country yep. from September 22nd. So I'm super excited to having something that I made here in my studio in, on the other side of the world to be sold in Japan, which is kind of a dream coming true from when I was a little kid. As you can see, I'm a, a little bit of a nerd of Japanese stuff. First of North Star here, Evangelion there, and then... I, I have Sensei and more, more, more stuff. This is just one Shonen Jump that I have in my collection. I won't show you the other ones. You're in good company, <laughs> man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can tell. I can tell. That's why I'm here today. That's fantastic. You know, I love Viawat, and I'm so glad that they're blowing up, dude. Fucking, I've known Viawat since, since they're like kind of like a small little Koenji band. And then slowly within the last like, couple of years, they've been growing, growing rapidly and stuff. And they've been producing music nonstop, dude. And, and because of the, the whole pandemic thing, they've catapulted their, their music to like right. completely insane levels, dude. Like every time I hear a new track or a new CD, dude, it's just so much better. And the, the previous CDs of, which, of what they have is completely insane, too. And they've got so many insane tour stories. If they spoke English, I would have them on the show like every other episode because they got so many stories. <laughs> they don't speak yeah. English very well, so that that's the problem. But dude, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop one Vaywat story, okay? Okay, okay, go ahead. You probably heard this one because you're friends with them. But um, <clears throat> I was talking to Ken and Tama. We're all drinking and stuff, right? And they just returned to Japan from their their Russia tour. And I was like, right. tell me about your tour in Russia. And they're like, oh, my God, it was incredible. Um, we got booked to play, like, I think, like 20 different venues and stuff all over Russia, all throughout Moscow and stuff. And so they're going around to, like, these small little venues, and they're just performing in front of, like, all these, like, Russian punk rockers and stuff. You know, there's a punk, let's say, clown punk rock electro band. There's got to be a term for this, but I don't know. I guess. Viawat <laughs> <laughs> is Viawat, you know. But right. Anyway, so, so the, for every night, they're just playing at these small little venues and stuff. They're getting anywhere from like 50 to 100 people and stuff. And then all of a sudden, they, they get this one place that they have to play at. And it's like the last place on their tour. And they're like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll go there. And after that, we'll have dinner and have some vodka. And then we'll go to the airport, right? Wrong. They go to this venue. And this venue is like the Tokyo Dome of Moscow. <laughs> and it's just, Yeah. They pull up in this little van and stuff. They open the doors and they get on. They're like, what the heck? We're playing here? They're like, oh, yes, we're you're playing here and you're going to be on national TV. And they're like, oh, oh, Shit. what? So they go into this venue, this huge, massive venue. And they're like, oh, my God. And there's like all these people running around with camera crews and stuff. People are adjusting lights. It's like a real fucking deal. And so they're like, oh, my God. Then they do a little sound check. And then they go into the, like their changing room. They're there for a couple of hours. They leave the changing room when it's their time to perform. They go on stage and the place is packed. There's cameras everywhere. Their face, Great. their music, their band was on every fucking TV in Russia because they only have like three Holy channels shit. there, right? Holy mm. shit, they're like, oh my God. So basically, when Russians think of Japanese music, they think of Viawat, which wow, I think is Wow, that's crazy. Awesome, <laughs> yes, because <laughs> it's making great music. So yeah. yeah, I'm super, super happy. I actually didn't know this one because they told me they, they kind of have the similar thing in Italy because they had a tour right before to, they went to Russia. They were in Italy. And uh, they perform at this small venue in a small city that was uh, um, is known because they had a major earthquake like in 09. Oh, and it was the 10th anniversary of the earthquake. And so national TV went 
to talk about the earthquake, but they actually ended up being in this small venue where Vivat performed, and they ended up being on national TV in Italy as well. <laughs> so... Oh. So next thing I'm gonna do is go tour with Vivat because, <laughs> because I guess uh, is it's just the lucky charm. Oh my God! Yeah, lucky. Yes, yes. Right. Awesome luck. I, that's incredible. I didn't know that story. Vivat <laughs> <laughs> with all their secrets, and um, yeah, it is no secret now that your illustration is on the cover of their new CD. That's that's awesome. That's great. I think the CDs, they're going to drop their CD, what, in two weeks? In one week? It's going to be out on September 22nd. September, okay, oh, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, Japan. one month? Two months? About a month, yeah. A <laughs> That's what you meant month. to say, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we connected, uh, like, uh, I guess, two years ago now? One year and a half ago? Uh, because I saw their Nail Tokyo video, and mm -hmm. I loved it. And I and I say, well, you know what? Let's do something. And then I was, uh, I'm a singer-songwriter as well. My project is called Murder Service. And I was remixing a song from another act. Her name is Major One. Uh, just to do some bragging, name dropping. Uh, she's been working with Pharrell Williams, the RZA from the Wu Tang Clan. RZA. Uh, oh. Yes. John Frusciante from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, you name it. And uh, uh, she mm, told me um, with her entourage to remix one of her latest singles, You Only Love Me When I'm Gone. And uh, I did a Japanese remix to it. So wow. I wrote and sang in Japanese. And uh, I had Ken of Vivat to fix... Uh, you know, my lyrics, you know, I'm not exactly a, a native Japanese speaker. Uh, you know, I, I can go by with my Japanese, but uh, can help me out in doing this. And eventually we released the song. It's on YouTube. And uh, he, uh, I returned the favor because uh, I wrote for them the English version of Yellow Goblins, which is going to be featured on this uh, next uh, album, coming up album. Nice. And I made the, the artwork for them, which is a little bit of, you know, cyberpunk, uh, uh, dystopian kind of situation with the Tokyo government building explodes and they're singing and there's, and, um, you know, playing their instruments and, uh, in, you know, they look like cyborg uh, and stuff like that. You know, the, the good, 80s 90s uh, japanese anime kind of vibe mm -hmm. and it uh, cool. we, did, we did a little interview and um the co-sponsor for the for the album said it looks like a showa manga which to me is like the business biggest compliment i could ever get because this is the, the stuff i grew up with so it jump right yeah uh, yeah i mean uh, the showa era so the the ending in, in 1989 uh, so that means pretty much, you know, the manga from the 70s, the 80s, which is my biggest inspiration when I draw something, when I do my own manga. This is where I look at. I, I, I do like the new stuff, but, you know, I'm an 80s kid, so that's what I'm into. Awesome, awesome. Well, you're in good company because I'm a 70s, 80s kid, so. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But, you know, I, I, I was more 
active in the 90s, though. You know, I was a teenager in the 90s. So, yeah, the best of all worlds. <laughs> I would hate to grow up now. Now sucks. Everything you do is like being recorded. Oh man. Lockdown. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we didn't go through that because we didn't have mobile phones. <laughs> At least uh, yeah, I actually shit's forgotten. I got my, my my first mobile phone when I was like 16, but it did not have any camera. I didn't have any emails and stuff because I do I did stuff I regret now, <laughs> and I'm glad it's not on camera. It's not on video. <laughs> oh, my God. I've done so many bad things in my life that I'm not going to talk about on this podcast, although I probably have when I was super faded. <laughs> <laughs> that could be an, an, interest, an interesting episode, though. No, no, no. Not for me. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. How many cars have you stolen? <laughs> <laughs> wait, oh, wait, oh, Sicily. Oh, hey. <laughs> well, that's a whole another story. You know, we don't talk about stuff over here. We don't talk about that. Okay, <laughs> all right. No problem. No problem. Respect. What happens in Sicily stays in Sicily. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so it's like the Vegas of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Oh, man. But I'll tell you one thing that doesn't stay in uh, Vegas herpes. Yeah, that shit will follow you for the rest of your life. <laughs> Hopefully not. I that there. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. Oh man, that's awesome. So, how did you meet Viawad? <laughs> well, basically, we never met in person until this moment. Yeah. Oh my god, you got a It's fucking fucking pandemic, man. <laughs> I I couldn't visit matter. Japan. <laughs> there's a will there's a way, dude. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. Oh, well, basically we chat over uh, instagram because mm -hmm. uh, this is what i use the most actually and uh, i was watching their stuff uh, they kind of like uh, put like on one of my pictures or videos or vice versa i don't i don't really recall then i watched their uh, nail tokyo video yep and i liked it so you know we follow each other we kept in touch and uh where they actually uh, invited me to perform uh, their festival in November, uh, which is called Edo Wave. Yeah. But uh, I don't know if by November Japan will be open to Europeans because now Japanese people can come to Europe, but not vice versa. Right. So yeah. we'll figure it out. Yeah, hopefully you can. I think I'm going to be performing. I'm gonna, I do live painting. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. I used to do that uh, before the pandemic quite often. But uh, yeah, I've been I haven't been really active at all for the last year or so, obviously. But um, yeah, so I'm su I'm supposed mm. to paint there, you know, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully you can come on. You come on to Tokyo and I'm going to buy you drinks all night long. Trust me, man. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> just just get cheap drinks. OK, <laughs> under a dollar. Oh. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> well you know i'm really looking forward to go back to japan i actually was in japan right before the pandemic i visited uh in it was christmas of 2019 mm, i went yeah. back home uh, uh mid of january 2020 so i spent a couple of weeks basically with uh, with my family i actually had a show in uh, Osaka, though, uh, no 
Tokyo show in that occasion. But uh, I'm really looking forward because uh, as crazy as it sounds, I never performed in Tokyo ever. Even though I lived in Japan, I always always was in the Kansai area. So perform in Kobe, Osaka, Kyoto, but I never performed in Tokyo. So hopefully next time it's going to be Tokyo. Dude, I can book you, man. I do shows. Let's do this. He does. Yeah, yeah. he sets them up. Hmm? Yeah, dude, you come to Tokyo, man. I'll book you, man. I'll, I'll have a show specifically for you to come to Tokyo. You come to Tokyo. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hook that up, man. Done deal. Awesome. That's fantastic. When you played in Osaka, I love Osaka. My wife and I, we go to Osaka maybe once <laughs> or twice a year. We got some really good friends down there. And, mm -hmm. um, and the club that I've been to quite a few times, I think it's called Cobra. It's an American uh, club. I don't think I'm familiar with that. Maybe, maybe I never just never been there, or it wasn't there when I lived in Osaka. Mm -hmm. In America Mura, uh, there was this place called Triangle. Probably still still there. Is and it by that Triangle Park? Right, right, uh, right at the Triangle Park. Really cool. And and it's super good music. It's all alternative electronic kind of stuff and it's very good i used to perform a lot with a different persona uh at uh, pure mm -hmm. which is uh right next to the dotonbury bridge mm -hmm. and uh, it's a club that it's very mixed because you got a lot of westerners and a lot of japanese people going there triangle is a little bit more uh japanese audience and some foreigners too but uh, you know Shinsaibashi, uh, America Mura, that that whole area of Osaka, it's great for uh, live music. It's great for entertainment. In good company, met uh, a lot of people there. And uh, I used to live in right outside of Osaka. It's mm -hmm. it's the south of Osaka. It's called uh, Izumi, and uh, it's next to Kishiwada. Kishiwada is like where the bad guys of Osaka reside. And so basically most of my friends are from that area. My and kind of place. I, actually, <laughs> I actually made lots of friends. I suggest you if you like uh, comedy and uh, gang related kind of stuff, Kishiwada Shonen Gurentai. It's uh, all about gangs in Kishiwada, but in a kind of fun way it's not like uh okay, too okay, too yeah. heavy but <laughs> but it's fun to, it, gotcha. it's it's fun to watch it's fun to watch and it's all based in that area so i have my friend uh uh Boon shaka uh he's a reggae artist and my friend hearty uh who started off as a reggae artist and now he's getting very big because uh, he's, he went several times on national tv he now tours uh, uh, the whole country. I'm trying to get him to perform here in Italy because, you know, even in Italy we have Comic-Cons and so hopefully we've been trying to do this uh, for a couple of years, but, you know, fucking pandemic came in. Uh, so <laughs> and so and so hopefully, hopefully 2022 I'll get hearty to perform over here in Italy it will be fun to do some stuff together he's now big he has now a big following uh, especially in the Kansai area but now he's gonna release a DVD 
national nationally um that was shot uh, in tokyo for his tokyo show so mm -hmm. good stuff there's a lot going on in that area shingo nishinari is uh, a rapper from osaka is like uh, a human manifesto from there because he's from the nishinari area which is like the poorest area of osaka where the homeless people live where you know people that have been struggling come from and he represents uh, this uh his people over there and he became uh, extremely extremely popular he raps in osaka dialect so not regular uh, japanese so shout out to that shout out to, to dj shin who is from osaka as well that's produce a lot of tracks uh, with me shout out to dj Seeb, who is an italian living in osaka he's been living in osaka probably 18 years now and uh, he introduced me to all these people so fantastic uh, great experience cool. over there okay right to kind of get off music just for a second i gotta ask right. you one question about osaka have yeah. you ever been to space station no Oh, no. oh, now you got to go I'm, back. Space I'm sorry to disappoint you. Oh, no. It, it's a video game bar. So it's like a okay. bar. You go in there and stuff, and it's all like, it, it's like Tron. It's like walking into Tron, right? They got all these. Oh, that's super cool. And they got like all these game consoles all over the bar. So every seat that you sit down in, there's a game console in front of you, and they got every single game for every single console. If you want to play old school Sega, Sega, uh. <laughs> but Nintendo, they got it. If you want Atari, oh yeah, you better believe it. They got Atari there too, man. They got all sorts of stuff, the good, the new, the old. Oh, they got everything, dude. They even got 3D games and stuff. It's so awesome. And the beers there are 500 yen, one coin. It's like the best place ever. And our friend, and a friend of the show, Matt, he owns Space Station. So, yeah, Faders, mm. if you go to Osaka, awesome. you got to go to Triangle, and you definitely got to go to Space Station, dude. I love that bar. We go there, and see the cool thing is, my wife, she don't drink. She don't drink the juice, but I love to get faded. So when we go there, <laughs> she's playing games. She's drinking, I don't know, some oolong tea or some shit. And me, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> faded. I'm drinking and driving, playing Mario Kart, dude. I'm all over the road. Whoa, I'm a Wario. Dude, it is like the best thing ever, man. Osaka's a great town. I've got I've got mad respect for Osaka in my heart. <clears throat> Osaka Prado. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, fucking. All right. In the future, in the very near future, I am going west and I'm going to visit Jeremy in Fukuoka. But I think I'm going to take a little bit of oh, Osaka huh? just for a day or two just to get my game. That's on. a great plan. Yeah. Speaking yeah, of gaming and drinking, plan. gentlemen. Oh, Kampai. 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 Uh, another thing about Osaka that I wanted to point out, you mentioned video games. Yeah. They've also got a. Uh, one place there, it's not a bar, it's not, not that, but um, it's all pinball machine. We've got wall-to-wall -wall pinball machines from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and, and hundreds of them. And, 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 and the older they are, the further in the back they are. So you can go all the way to the back and you can play some 1960s Evil Knievel pinball, bro. Like wooden paddles and stuff. And um, if, it's, it's like almost impossible to find a pinball machine here in Japan. But this place has got them wall to wall, and I highly recommend going there. It's fantastic. It's so much fun. Oh, pinball's good. Pinball's great. I love pinball. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think my favorite pinball machine was uh, the one for Terminator 2 when I was in high school. 
Spider-Man, bro. Woo! Of course, of course <laughs> you're gonna say Spider-Man. Oh, I, I know. Yeah, anything Spider-Man, dude. You have no idea, Che. This guy's like the Spider-Man man, dude. This guy knows everything about Spider-Man. Ask this guy a question. Ask him a question. I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I, I actually, I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan. I'm a huge comics fan, but I did love. The one with uh, Morales, so the like the one of the latest one, like it was three or four years ago. The yeah, one that is yeah. into the yeah. Spider-Verse. Right, right, that one because yeah. it has a lot of Japanese elements to it. I, I thought it was uh, refreshing for you know the franchise. It was a super good movie. Yeah, was it also called Into the Spider-Verse in Italy? Because I know in different countries they change the name of the titles. It's called Uomo Ragno. Which means That's Spider-Man. That's what I would have said <laughs> if I spoke Italian. <laughs> that sounds so awesome. Robinaino. Is it the roll of the tongue? Robinaino. Am I saying that no, right? No, it's actually, it's actually uomo. Uomo means man. Yeah. And ragno means spider. Uomo ragno. Oh, I can't do it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because in, in Italy we switch with the, the adjective goes la, uh, last, so sure, it's uh, sure, the sure. opposite of English and Japanese. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> hey, in Japanese, it's Spider-Man, isn't it? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Wasn't it Spider-Man? Wasn't there a TV show Spider-Man? Well, it's it's just you're just pronouncing Spider-Man differently, uh, and there the Japanese did have a, their own version of Spider-Man. Marvel sold that off really early to the Japanese to make some money. Uh, there's there's been a few times that Marvel has been in a in a bad way as far as finances go, and now since they have Marvel Studios and the MCU, that's all part of the past. But uh, one of the reasons that Sony owned Spider-Man still does own Spider-Man right for Spider-Man is because. Marvel about to go bankrupt, and they had to sell off all of their main characters. And the only characters they had left were like really second-rate characters that no one cared about until 2008. And no one, no one really gave a shit about Iron Man or Thor. And then John Favreau came around and said, "I'll make your movie." And then John Favreau single single-handedly saved Marvel, saved comic books, and he's the reason we have the MCU today. And he's doing that right now. Star Wars, my other love. Right, he's doing Star Wars. He's saving Star Wars at the moment. Sweet, dude. Sweet. Hey, but I digress. Back uh, to our guy. <laughs> no, man. We fucking we live for those knowledge bombs, dude. That's fucking absolutely, dope, absolutely. Got, All dude, day. So happy. <laughs> Jake, you're you're making a manga too right now, right? You're a comic book artist. That's right. That's right. I a few years ago, uh, I decided to, to combine my passion for music with my passion for drawing. I started off by watching Japanese anime on uh, Italian TV. It was all dubbed in Italian language, so you can imagine they change all the names and everything. <coughs> but when I was uh, uh, nine, I bought my first uh, uh, Japanese dictionary, uh, Japanese okay. to so I thought I want to learn this language and it was basically impossible because in my city I was no Japanese person. By the time I was 14 I found one Japanese lady living in my city and uh, she spoke zero Italian so she couldn't explain to me <laughs> any of the grammar she could just speak to me in Japanese. So I went to classes with her 
at the third class I understood that pig could be black and could be pink <laughs> it took me three classes to understand one phrase so I kind of gave up um, and so um, I wanted to become a professional manga artist I wanted to do this for a living then music making started you know kicking in so when I went to college I moved to Rome the capital city of Italy mm -hmm. and uh, I took Japanese as my major and uh, I kind of put the drawing on the side I was too busy with college and you know gigs making music so I kind of put everything on the side until like about probably four or five years ago and I decided to put the two things together so I wrote a story for a manga and I wrote songs of uh, the story of the manga so basically it's a whole concept album nice <coughs> and uh, I'm still in the process of drawing because uh, to be honest with you guys manga making takes a shitload of time nope. <laughs> <laughs> I do everything by myself and it takes forever uh, in the last year I switched to digital because traditional it's way too long and uh, I'm working on it hopefully hopefully my plan is to release the manga at least the first episodes uh, next year by summer of 2022 and uh, I'm in the process of pitching uh, the the manga to some uh, publishers here in Europe and We'll figure it out uh, how it goes and hopefully by next year you have it in your hands and hopefully we're gonna have um, multi-language uh, edition one in English one maybe in Italian one in German oh we'll figure it out and why not in Japanese if I can find the right publisher and uh, so when you come to the, the whole project and the concept it's called murder service and uh, the story is uh, sadly actually very actual uh, because uh, what's going on right now in the world I I don't mean to say that uh, I saw that coming because I didn't <laughs> but uh, uh, the story is about uh, a pharmaceutical company uh, trying to um, remove um, the memory of people and replacing the memory of people uh, right. by d devices and so the way they do it is vaccine I am no no vax or anything like that but it's just a story I came up with five years ago so I didn't see this coming uh, I'm actually vaccinated and everything uh, but um, so the story is about this company which is called Daiki service so service of justice which produce the vaccine against this uh, new Ebola virus that uh, is going all over the place in North Africa, Europe, uh, in America and uh, so the people in order to protect themselves uh, uh, from this uh, virus uh, get this vaccine but in the vaccine there is a, a GPS and there's a stimulation for certain devices some certain impulse uh, through mobile phones and TV and this way they manage to replace your memory so the story is about the main two characters <laughs> the main two character um, one is a girl 
from the States. Her name is Maya. She is from, or her family is originally from Poland. And uh, she has to go through a lot before she met Ron, which is an uh, Italian-Japanese boy living in Osaka. So I right. based something on stuff that I know, actually. Um, and so they uh, managed uh, to understand something wrong with them, something that's uh, uh, shady in the background. And so they get together and try to figure it out how to, you know, unmask uh, this whole uh, situation and about uh, Daiki service, which they called murder service. Because the whole idea is uh, uh, if we, you are taken away from the memory of the other people or your memory is taken away, then mm -hmm. it's like you're dead. Yeah. Because the the memory that you leave behind is um, what what we have basically as a human beings. So that's why it's called murder service. Not because they actually murder people, but uh, in a in a way they do. <sighs> My mind is blown. <laughs> My mind is blown. I need an assistant, guys. Who works for free <laughs> because I want to finish the first volume of this manga. It's there's taking me forever. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast right here. Faders, if there's anybody that wants to uh, work pro bono, I mean, yes, I need an intern. <laughs> it, it might be a tax write-off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, get started in, in, a, in the comic book industry if that's your dream. Uh, that would that would be great. I actually been working in since the last couple of years. I've been working for a lots of artists uh, from uh, the states, from uh, London, from Ireland, Vivat from Japan. So I do commissions for other artists as well, uh, especially uh, artwork for um, you know music albums. That's what I do the most. That's super cool. Very cool. Yeah, and I I love doing it, but uh, uh, now I'm trying to focus on, on my own on my own thing. So uh, from now until November, uh, I'll I'll focus on that. But uh, if any of you are musician listening to this podcast, feel free to contact me. Uh, che at Che Illustrations. It's uh, my uh, illustration profile. Okay, we're going to have all his information down in the show notes. So go down to the show notes right now and contact this guy if you're interested. And check him on Instagram, too. He's got a lot of cool stuff up there as well. Um, you know, comic book artists, I mean, people like you that are a comic book artist really blow me away because making a comic book is so difficult. There's so many things you got to think about. One of our one of our co-hosts who's been MIA for like the last six months, Sean Ellis, he's writing a comic book called Dose, D-O-S-E. Okay. Um, He's, he's a writer, but he's working with his best friend who's an artist, John Gabia, in San Francisco. And, um, yeah, they're doing it together as a team, and that is taking forever. Forever. Right. Oh, my God. There's so much work that goes into writing a comic book. And then when you're making a comic book, there's just so many different levels. You, you've got the penciler. You've got the inker. You've got the colorist. You've got the story, the person that comes up with the story, the writer. And coming up with right. the story, I mean, dude, I, I've got one friend that's a comic book art, kind of like a loose comic book artist. And he's incredible at the art. He's really good at what he does. But his stories are... The stories... <laughs> yeah, you he needs to team up with the writer because yeah. uh, um, in Japanese industry it's a, it's it's a little bit different. 
because most of the times the writer and uh, you know uh, the artist is the same person wow, that's so tough. it's very tough because uh, in the Japanese industry where they sell millions of copies then they have a whole team behind of assistants as the guy that does all the backgrounds the guys that does all the minor characters and uh, the sensei does just the main characters and the inking of it but then he has to think about the stories <coughs> and they have this crazy system with the editor which every week they need to have meetings and see uh, what's the reaction of the audience and they have to think about the readers as the first thing um, we don't have this kind of industry in here as big but uh, so it's more free but at the same time i don't have the funds to have assistants working for me and doing the backgrounds and everything so i have to do <coughs> excuse me everything by myself which takes uh, lots lots of time i do the pencils i do the inking i do the screen tones because because it's a manga so it's black and white and obviously I do this, the story as well. So I find myself Googling stuff I could have never think of before in my life. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, I decided that uh, Mayas, which is uh, the main female character, family is from Poland and they're Jewish. So I had to research Polish Jewish people who lives in the States. So I had to fight, figure out where they live, what they do, what's the tradition, Wisconsin. what's the... Uh, <laughs> Wisconsin. Bro. I, actually, there's a place co called Borsov in uh, New York State, which uh, is, I think, close to Rochester Polish. or something like that. <laughs> that sounds Polish, <laughs> yeah. And so I had to speak to my Polish friends and they had to tell me everything I knew about this culture because I knew nothing i just thought it was it was working fine for the story because i didn't want all the characters being the same and then i decided to place uh, the other main character in osaka not tokyo just most of uh, uh manga because i know osaka better than i do uh, than i know tokyo so it made sense to me and then uh, he's italian and japanese and mm. you know I kind of have knowledge of both culture, most Italian, obviously, because I live here. But, you know, I spend time in Japan, so I try to combine the things together. And then I had to figure it out. How is it even possible to inject in someone a GPS? So I have to figure out, I have to find out about devices that actually exist that are as big as uh, um, one... How do you call it in English? A uh, little thing of rice. Grain of rice. Grain of rice. There you go. Yeah. And so it can be uh, injected underneath your skin. And it's an actually working GPS. It exists in real life. It, I, I didn't have Animals. to make it up. Yeah, my yeah. cat's got uh, ways of tracking people. Like, um, <laughs> there's, there's kind of like um, radioactive materials that you can inject into the body and use it for clogged arteries for MRIs. You can inject that, and you can have yeah. satellites look up that person just based on that radiation, especially if if you know no one else in that area has that radiation, and then you could just pinpoint a, one person who has it with a satellite. Amazing fucking shit they can do, man. That's just that's crazy. You know. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
Uh, and so just by trying to put things together and make the, the manga reasonable in terms of being real, in being uh, things that actually could happen in life and not just made up stuff, uh, it takes time. And then you have to put a script together and, uh, you know, characters have to act like human beings, not just, uh, you know, uh, a comic character, because it's not interesting, basically, if, you, if they don't. So you have to use the psychology uh, in order to understand how they would react based on their character, based on the background, based on their history. And, and so, yeah, but you know what? I love doing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it's stressing me out just hearing you talk about it. I'm like, dude, I'd rather do my taxes. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, I was going to say, that was kind of the idea behind Spider-Man as well. When when they were fleshing out Spider-Man and Peter Parker yeah. as characters, they did the same as Chase said. They, they wanted him to be a, a high school student with high school kid problems. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's not the most popular. Maybe he gets bullied a little bit, and then he gets this incredible, you know, uh, twist of fate that that gave him super superhero powers. And now he's got all this responsibility to be a, a superhero. That's really amazing. You kind of gone through the same steps that um, that you know that Stan Lee and, and Jack Kirby went through. And Stan Lee was the writer, and Jack Kirby obviously was the, was the illustrator. But right. those are the same things that they do when they flesh out their comic books. So you're taking the you're taking the exact same course that those guys took, and look where that them. Well, thank you for that because you know I love reading uh, bios of manga artists and mm -hmm. uh, their interviews and uh, you know the process, which is to me is the most interesting part. Uh, either it's manga or music. The process is what I like the most. When I start uh, writing a song, you know, with just keyboards and, and my voice, and then it ends up being a fully product produced uh, record. Uh, this the like the the part that I like the most. I do love playing uh, live shows as well, but uh, it's a different vibe. So the process. What took you to take the this choice uh, to, uh, you know, place uh, this setting other um, than, than another one. Uh, this what's interests me. It's interesting the most to me. Um, so um, I recently bought a, a book. Uh, it's an interview um, of uh, Urasawa Naoki, which is known for Monster or Billy Bat or Yawara, uh, 20th Century Boys. Uh, and he explains uh, what he does uh, when he has an idea, how he, you know, puts uh, the process into it and he comes out with different ideas. And his mangas are very different from each other. He doesn't stick to one genre. It is what I admire uh, the most in him. And um, so this is where I take my inspiration from. Uh, I've been watching uh, lots of YouTube videos <laughs> about manga artists and interviews and just watching what they do. I'd love to go to an actual mangaka studio in, in Japan if I had the chance. It's not like they're the most sociable people but you know. no no they're not <laughs> the problem that a problem that crazy person went to one of those places and 
lit the bottom floor on fire. Remember that story, Johnny? Yeah, we covered that. That was a manga. That was a manga studio. Yeah, a, yeah in mm. Kyoto. Uh, one of the guys, he, he was saying that, uh, that they stole his idea or something like that, that they had had a contest. He submitted a um, uh, script or something, and they used his idea, and they didn't credit him or pay him. So what he did is he got a bunch of gasoline, and he went to the first floor of that building, or I guess they didn't have any security. And he lit the, floor, the first floor on, on fire. But everybody worked on like the fifth and sixth floor. So he basically cut off their escape route. And a lot of people died uh, because of that. So that's why I can see that they wouldn't be really sociable, you know, because they, they, A, they have secrets, and B, they have a bad track record with people coming into their buildings, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That's great. Yeah. I, I heard about it. I actually made an illustration about it. I'll send it oh, to you. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, the, I want to see that, definitely. The, the burned building. Oh, man, that's terrible. Yeah, that's kind of like yeah. the Andy Warhol syndrome because the same thing happened right. to him. Yeah, the scroll, yeah. Valerie, I just looked it up a second ago, Valerie Salonis. She thought that Andy uh -huh. Warhol stole like one of her scripts and used it in one of his movies or he was going to do that and stuff. So she walked up to him, walked into his studio and just capped him. Pop, pop like that. Fucking crazy. Six, six times, right? Shot him six times. I, I know. I don't think it was six. Being shot six times at close range, dude, you bleed out in the heartbeat. I think it was twice. Right. Well, it's our podcast, so six. Say ten. <laughs> she blew his head off and he survived. <laughs> she blew half his face off, and that's why you can only see him in profile from now on, right? And the other side is just all metallic. It's robotic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He did wear a wig and he had glasses on a lot. Sunglasses. Very dark sunglasses. Yep. She shot him in the face ten times. <laughs> funny. Actually, this this story it ripped off of her. It was uh, the movie when he sleeps for like eight hours. Oh, it was oh. sleep? Oh, my God. Oh, no, thought... there's actually Andy Warhol movie where he just sleeps for like eight oh, hours. God, no, and he, he films was... himself. <laughs> no, no, he filmed his uh, his lover at that point. No, he filmed like so many people doing weird things. Uh, he All did right. like a haircut. He filmed like, um, I guess like a, a two-hour haircut. He filmed some, like a couple kissing for like an hour or something. Then he went up to like the um, the Empire State Building and he filmed that for like 24 hours or something. And they just hmm. showed these films. And actually the whole term underground, underground music, underground art, underground film, the term underground, Andy Warhol coined that because he had his Got films, it. these like kind of like strange films that he would mm -hmm. show at an underground, at a uh, basement. So he had this little basement place. Oh, yeah. Theater, and so everybody just called it the underground. And then also people started calling them underground films because the, the places in the basement and thus the term underground. So whenever you I use the that. word underground, you should definitely donate a dollar to the Andy Warhol Foundation. <laughs> I will. I will. Uh, he also used to paint with his own peepee, -pee, right? Yep. Huge uh, urine. Not, I don't think it was his piss because he's a weird guy, but he used to have like dudes show up and um, what was it called? Urinification art. I can't remember. I'm, I'm kind of faded, but yeah. I'm so glad, dude. We could talk about this for ages, man. Um, comic books, manga, all that stuff. Music, dude. You're speaking her language over here. But unfortunately, <laughs> we don't have all night. We, we have a certain amount of time, and we got to get to the news. So all right. we're going to take a little break, and then when we come back, we're going to get into the news. We're going to get balls deep in the news, man. Che, man. All right, dude, thank you so much. Peace. Let's do it. In Tokyo and craving soul food, We've got just the place for you. Soul Food House in Azabu Juvan. 
check out what we do at soulfoodhouse.com. Come by and taste the love. We look forward to feeding you. If you're going to get your fit on, you got to get your fit on in style. And that's why I use Ghost Town Palmade. Ghost Town Palmade is the number one badass palmade, and I practice what I preach. When I leave this house, if I'm not wearing a hat, if I'm not wearing a lid, I'm wearing Ghost Town Palmade in my hair. This stuff is amazing. It smells good, it looks good, and it feels good. Ghost Town Palmade, badass palmade. And let me tell you one thing comes in a lid. That's pretty badass. This whole world is so nerfed up these days. Everything is plastic and pink, but not Ghost Town Palmade. This stuff is a man's palmade, and it is hardcore. It's so hardcore, it's from Oakland, California. Oakland, California. That's right. Ghost Town Palmade. Get your bait on in style. Papa. Hey, yo, what's up, baiters? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Prepa. Are you at Harajuku with some out-of-town friends or your family or significant others? Yeah! Do you want to chill and drink beer and eat sandwiches while your friends overpay for glitter unicorn socks? Yeah! And the flavor's gonna make you complete at Harry's Sandwich Company. So come on down to Harry's Sandwich Company in the heart of Harajuku, right off Takeshita Street. See you there! Yo, what's up, faders? It's your boy, Johnny. I have an opportunity for you. Well, in fact, I have 50 opportunities for you. A few years ago, I painted all 50 American states. And in each and every state, I painted in all major city names, the state's cultural icons, pop culture that pertains to that specific state, and a whole lot more fun, interesting, and educationally groovy stuff. The project took me over eight months to complete, and now they're yours forever. I have digital prints available for download on the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. These prints started off at about five bucks a pop, but not anymore. These high resolution prints are a dollar each. They're yours for a dollar each. So brighten up your walls and expand your mind with your favorite state. These prints are a dollar each, and they're worth so much more. These are these, these paintings are absolutely incredible. You're gonna love them. And if you don't like the state project, that's cool, that's cool. Johnny still has love for you. But check out the Spilt Inks Etsy shop to find all sorts of other wild art that will save your soul and blow your mind. So go down to the show notes for a direct link to the Spilt Inks Etsy shop. Go there, shop away, support the show because we love you and we love art too. So faders, without further ado, enjoy the show. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to 
Mitsuya Liquors. That's right, for the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right, over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need, and of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France. To New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, Got Fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right, Got Fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five minute walk from the station. It's your liquors. All right, and we are back, faders. We are back, and we've got the news. Oh man! And um, as we usually do, the guest goes first. Shay, would you like to read the first story, please? For Sheezy. So, Saitama man repeatedly steals food from store by making his phone say "pay pay." Uh, of the many new electronic payment services that have emerged in Japan in the last few years, PayPay is probably <laughs> the largest. Having arrived on the scene early with aggressive discount campaigns and somehow evaded trademark complaints from PayPal, they scooped up a large market share and now can be used to pay for goods and services at most businesses around the country. However, With such wide usage comes、uh, the threat of misuse, as recently happened in an incredibly bold fraud attempt in Misato City, in Saitama Prefecture.、Uh, restaurant owner Takuya Takahashi was arrested on suspicion of tricking a discount store into thinking he paid 2,200 yen, USD、uh, 75,、uh, worth of food over several visits in August of last year. Uh, when Takahashi was at the checkout, rather than tapping payment, he instead made his phone play a recording of the PayPay chim,、uh, tricking the cashier into thinking the payment went through. It would seem that the staff wasn't paying attention to the message on screen and just cleared it after the audible PayPay cue was heard.、Uh, after some time, the store began to notice that when they、uh, were coming up short, only at the end of days that Takahashi had visited. Upon this realization, they reported to the police. An investigation was launched, which resulted in his arrest. While in custody, Takahashi reportedly admitted to the crime. Oh man! <laughs> I guess in dash. Crime pay pays, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, guys, I I have to admit I was a criminal in Japan. What? I have,、oh, I have a story. I have the story to share.、Uh, when I was in Japan. I was a student. I won a scholarship to go to you to college in Japan in Osaka. Cool. And、uh, me and some other very terrible people. Now, obviously, you guys don't have to do it when you go to Japan. We figured out that we could pay less for train tickets by taking the pio pio ticket, the kids ticket. It was it's half the price, <laughs> and So we did. So every time I was going into the train station, I bought、uh, a kid ticket instead, and so it went pio pio every time、uh, I went through. I went out, and the man at the train station didn't say a word, and so I happened to save a lot of money, but feeling very bad inside, and I'm very 
regretting this uh, to the day I die. So never do that in Japan, pay for the full price. <laughs> but I, I, I was poor. I was poor. I couldn't afford <laughs> to pay for to go to Osaka. It was it was like eight hundred yen back and forth, and for a student, it was a lot of money. So <laughs> I got a question. I got a question. You've got an impressive beard rocking right now. Now, when you're a student, did you have that beard, or did you have a baby face like Johnny? Uh, I did have a baby face. I, I had a little, go. I had a little bit of beer, but <laughs> not this long. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, man. I was young. Um, this story is pretty interesting, but you know what? The golden rule when it comes to bank robbery, and I learned this from watching what was it? It was uh, the guy and the girl, uh, Clyde. Clyde, what what am I thinking of? The the guy and the girl couple that robbed banks in the nineteen. Ba ba Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. That's it. Oh my God. You know from what? Texas. Yeah. Yep, Bonnie and Clyde. The thing is, they said if you want to be successful, never rob the same bank twice, and that's where makes the sense. Fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I had only one train station close to my house, <laughs> so oh. I, I couldn't go other places to go to downtown Osaka. Oh. Anyway, that's crazy. Jeremy, what do you think about this story? Well, I'm thinking that all the kids that listen to us now have a good idea of how to rob a train station and how to rob a bank. And that's thank you to your Uncle Kane and your Uncle Johnny there. Now, now uh, graduated from Criminal University. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I apologize. All right. Next story, Jeremy. All right. Here we go. The next story is an Indian care worker suspected of using me ruse to girls in Kyoto. Son of a bitch. Okay. Kyoto Prefectural Police arrested a male Indian care worker who is suspected of molesting multiple schoolgirls in Kyoto City under the false pretense that he wanted to give them a hug, reported the Shinkei Shimbun, the, the bearer of good news every, every week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On April 28th and 29th, Victor Peterson, 62, allegedly fought the chest and necks of three girls, two high school students and one university student, um, on the road near J.R. Yamashima State. Upon his, upon his arrest on suspicion of violating the prefectural public nuisance ordinance on Monday, Peterson admitted to carrying out the crime on the 29th of April, but had no memory of anything transpiring the day before that. Hug me. According to the police, Peterson, who is in Oso City, Jiga Prefecture, uh, in uh, in approaching a victim, he would he spoke English and he said, "I want to speak to you." Uh, after chatting, he requested, "Hug me," and then he'd wrap his arms, uh, both of his arms, on the victim and molest her <laughs> and grab her titties. Okay, <laughs> police said that the security security camera footage to apprehend the suspect. Yeah, and uh, the police are investigating further uh, whether he was behind similar cases in Kyoto and Shiga Prefecture that took place between last summer and uh, this past spring. So yeah, he's a he's a tea fondler man. He's the old hug me. You know when someone says hug me, you can say no, right? <laughs> yeah, you can. But he's got long arms. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, how long? For how a long his arms? He's wrapping all the way all the way around the back. <laughs> up to their front to touch their titties jesus and his arms are long 
Weird. It's like in Street Fighter 2, the Dalsim character that has... Oh. <laughs> Dalsim, <laughs> right? Dalsim, he stretches yeah. his arm. Right. I, have a, right. I have a curry spoon with Dalsim on it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, You know what? Uh, before the pandemic, you'd see foreigners every so often in Hachiko, right? You know, that part of Shibuya? And, and yeah. there's a couple yeah. of them that, had, would, that would have a hug me sign, right? You would stand with a hug me sign and stuff, you know? And the thing is, every time I saw that, I was like, dude, these guys are fucking creeps because they would hug a girl because yeah. there's always a girl and then they would talk to them forever and shit, right? And I used to work around right. that area when I was doing the clubs and so I'd be passing on fires or whatnot and, and I'd see these guys. I'm like, these guys are fucking scumbags, dude. I always thought those fucking hug me guys were scumbags, dude. Nothing good comes from a free hug from a stranger, man. And most people <laughs> probably just lose your wallet, but fucking getting your titties fondled, that's bad too. Right. No one ever has to hug me, man. They see me fucking drag my knuckles down the road. No one ever says, I want to hug that guy. <laughs> you wear like a jacket, a Harley Davidson jacket, man. People see you and they're like, uh-uh. Me? They're just like, nah, this guy's a little too greasy for me. <laughs> <laughs> He'll slip away. <laughs> so no free hugs in Japan. Okay, we learned this. Yeah, we, we learned the hard way in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> With every episode, we learn one thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Moving forward. <clears throat> I'm excited to do this story. The story is actually pretty big in the news right now. Murdered mm. Nara nurse care worker withdrew 30 million yen before going missing. This story took place in Nara. Nara Prefectural Police say that a 56-year-old nursing care worker from Yamatokoriyama City, whose body was found in a forest area on July 23rd, withdrew about 30 million yen from her bank account before she went missing on July 8th. $30 million. That's a lot of fucking money. That's like, like $300,000, isn't that? Yeah, it's a 10, $10 million would be $100,000. That's thirty millions. That's three hundred thousand yeah. dollars. But you can just go into a bank and win three hundred thousand dollars. It takes a couple of visits to get that kind of cash, right? I don't know. Well, she just she, that's a pretty fucked up bank that would let you do that. Like, I would like to withdraw everything, please. <laughs> oh I would like to withdraw three hundred thousand dollars in cash, small bills, please. And uh, could I get a, a bag with a money marker? <laughs> I'm not up to anything bad. I'm buying a house. <laughs> yeah, my brother-in-law. <laughs> oh man. Hmm. Okay, Junko Sasoka was found in a wooded area, Sankishimbun reported. She was wearing a long sleeve shirt and pants. Her body had started to decay. I don't know why that's in there. <laughs> Terrible writing. Her blue and her shirt had Hello Kitty on it. That's like completely unnecessary. All right. <laughs> Sasoka's younger sister contacted the police on July 15th after being unable to reach her sibling. The following day, Sas uh, Sasoka's daughter, who lives apart from her mother, submitted a missing persons report to police. Sasoka worked at a nursing home for elderly people in Osaka Prefecture. Osaka, here we go. She was last seen at work on the night of July 8th. Police said the cash withdrawal from the bank account has yet to be found and no money was found on the body. That would be really crazy if they did find the money with the body. That would be insane. Mm -hmm. She's like, I right. wanted to take it with me to the afterlife, like the pharaohs. Um, Somebody yeeted that shit. Yeet. 
Yo, no, totally, man. Her car was discovered in a supermarket, a supermarket parking lot in Yamatoka Riyama City. Bloodstains inside the vehicle matched. So, oh boy, Sasoka's blood type. Police said. Police said they are looking for some men who frequently visit Sasoka's residence. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, I think I think this is probably uh, a scam that went fucking horribly wrong for her. Right. Right. Thirty million dollars. Fucking Mormons, man! I bet it was the goddamn Mormons. <laughs> oh my god, you think so? <laughs> like, you think there's more Mormons in Yamatori Koyama City? <laughs> They're everywhere. No, there's a rich one right around somewhere. He's got three hundred thousand dollars in his fucking burning hole in his pocket. Right. My god, that's a lot of fucking money, dude. Oh Jesus. Yeah, you could buy a house, especially in Osaka. Like outside of Osaka, you could definitely buy like a house for like three hundred million or thirty million yen. That's three hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, that's more expensive than my place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, all the cops have to do is just if they got some suspects, just watch them because it's going to be just like in Goodfellas. Remember in Goodfellas when fucking Robert De Niro, he's at the bar. They just did the the lasagna heist or what was it? The Latanda heist. And he's there and he's like, they're celebrating, you know, and it's like Christmas. And all of a sudden everybody starts coming in with like new cars <laughs> and new fur jackets. He's like, don't buy anything. Don't buy anything. Dude, right. eventually these guys, whoever they may be, are going to walk around with like fucking like, I don't know, like Rolex watches, fur coats and shit, dude. They, if they got that much money, they're going to fucking spend it, dude. They're not going to fucking invest it in stocks and any other kind of like. <laughs> right. investment. No way, dude. These guys are going to fucking buy all sorts of crazy shit. I mean, fucking good old Saito down the street is going to have like a helicopter and he's going to be flying around and shit. <laughs> <like a> drone. <laughs> the neighbors are going to get That's some <laughs> they keep a low profile, Capone, right? They got, they got Capone from uh, for tax evasion because he got a bunch of cool shit and he didn't have any. Um, yeah, they're like, right. how did you get fifty houses in Florida? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got a Cadillac and you didn't get a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and this area doesn't seem to be that big. You know, it's not like Tokyo where like I mean people can just disappear. You know, I'm just. And no, like, no, want to, you know, and that small exactly. little area, there's local people, you know, that, that they're there. They're from this area. Their parents are from this area. Their grandparents are from this area. I mean, the fucking bloodline goes deep, you know. So if somebody in the neighborhood shows up with a helicopter, um, yeah, he did it. <laughs> Especially a golden Richie Rich helicopter. <laughs> oh, man. It seems like the bank would ask them, what are you going to do with the money? Why do you need so much money in, in cash on hand? Going you know? to Hawaii. Is yeah, even if you're going to Hawaii, you can't take more than ten thousand dollars into customs, right? Without getting fucked with. You get it exactly. Declare, no. Exactly. You yeah, you'll get fucked with because I'm 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 just coming here to you know spend thirty thousand dollars, three hundred thousand dollars. You get you get fucked with if you take more than ten thousand mm, dollars. Right. Yeah. Right. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I wonder in how many times she withdrew the money from the bank. It took. A, it yeah, just, so I'm saying it took a couple of days. Mm. Couple they of days limit. for all that much money. Well, yeah. that's a lot of money. Though. But I mean, you, I think for like, um, for like um, withdrawal, like on my card mm -hmm. or whatever, I think limited to like five five thousand dollars a day. Wow, okay. really? That's a lot of money. I too. think so. Holy shit! Mm -hmm. I, I know, but still, that. I'm not. I'm not sure the price. I think it's that, but I'm just saying there's a limit on how much you can withdraw in one day. Wow. Right, yeah. right. I usually would draw twenty dollars <laughs> every couple of days. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. 
Fuck, I do a podcast. We make no money. <laughs> uh, oh, by yeah, the way, what, what's Peter, dollars? <laughs> yeah. By the way, faders, please buy a painting. Go to this building, please. <laughs> Send it for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh man. Okay. Last story. Last story. Che, you got the honors, man. Fucking, we're so here, right. dude. We'd love for you to read the last story. Sure. Man arrested for sexually assaulted woman as she slept in her apartment. Tokyo. Police in Tokyo have arrested a 36-year-old man on suspicion of sexually assaulting a woman as she slept in her apartment in July last year. The incident came to light after police found footage of the assault filmed on the suspect's smartphone. That's smart. Uh, Kyodo News reported. It appears that the woman was unaware uh, of the incident while it occurred. According to the what? police, yeah, she was sleeping. According to the police, Tetsuro Morita, a company employee from Suginami Ward, entered the woman's apartment in the same ward last July. Police said Morita was able to get in because the front door was unlocked. Uh, Morita is accused of sexually assaulting the woman while she remained asleep in her bed. I guess Morita is not that good. Uh, in June, Morita broke into the same woman's apartment again. There you go, Bonnie and Clyde rule. But this time, the woman woke up and Morita fled. Morita was identified through street surveillance camera footage outside of the apartment building. Following his arrest, police found footage of the sexual assault film on Morita's smartphone last July. Police, uh, police said Morita has admitted to, to the charge and quoted him as saying, the woman was my type. Of course. Oh, my God. Why would you do that? Oh, what a scumbag. That's a sleepy one. This is crazy, what though. A scumbag with a small dick. Jeez. Exactly. Could you imagine waking up to that, dude? You're, like, sleeping about fucking Hello Kitty or something. All of a sudden, you wake up and some guy's above you, dude. Holy fucking shit, dude. I, That's crazy as fuck. The first thing I would think, ghost. I'm like, fucking ghost rapist. Ah! I would be so fucking scared, dude. Oh, my God. Poltergeist. There you go. Yeah. And Morita's standing above you, pushing his pubes into your face. Oh, fucking Morita, get out of here, you little fucking tiny weenie gutter motherfucker. Oh, my God. That's, that's crazy, though. The, not only he get away with that once, but he came back. And he filmed yeah, it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> she didn't know what happened. She said she she didn't she like what well, she woke up sticky or you know oh uh, shit oh could you imagine that though I mean I mean waking up to that is fucking horrible you know right thinking then then finding out that you know the cops caught the guy you know you're all relieved mm. and then the cops tell you like oh yeah he's been coming to your house like fucking Santa Claus man and uh, yeah it's not good we got video here's a little close up they pull out the smartphone and she's like oh Jesus Christ dude. Oh, man. Uh, it doesn't matter how many showers you take at that point. It's going to be fucking oh, a long yeah. time. Fucking years of therapy and shit, dude. Just going to have to get crazy. a fucking Terrible dog. shit. That's crazy. Terrible shit. Yeah. Yeah. Never leave your fucking doors. See, fucking, that's where the fucking D comes out of me, dude. Fucking everything's locked. Don't have anything in your house worth of value and shit. Have a fucking dog, which I wish I got to get a fucking dog. I would love to have a dog, dude. But fucking, yeah, dude, you fucking, you got to watch your back and shit. Which city was this? Was it, um, it's got to be Tokyo. Tsukinami, it's uh, Ogikubo. Oh, Ogikubo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a nice yeah, area. Suginami. Suginami. It is a nice area. Yeah, I love that yeah. area. Lots of cool little shops there. Good bars, too. Yeah. Man, that's close sucks. to Shinjuku. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah Chewel line. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, Jay, great story, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I yeah. personally beat it. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, geez. Um, God, dude, first off, I, I, I think on behalf of Got Faded Japan, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for all your awesome artwork and stuff. We're going to post all that shit. And we're going to definitely, definitely have all the links that you sent us in the show notes. Faders, go down to the show notes and support thank this guy. You. Check on his artwork and, and check on the CD that cover that he did for Viowat. Dude, that, that band is absolutely fantastic. That, that's great stuff. I'm really happy that you did that and it's because it looks just so amazing. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having me because this has been a lot of fun and I'm glad to, to been talking to you and the faders uh, and having such a good time. Awesome, man. That's that's so great. Thanks. We really appreciate it. It was fun talking to you about comic books and music. It's great. Thank you so much. Same here. Kampai, one more time. Cheers. Kampai. 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 Kampai, Ugh. Uh, oh, whew. all right, faders, you know what to do. <clears throat> if you got some money in your pocket, if you have 30 million yen that you just got, <laughs> sign up on our Patreon and support our years. <laughs> Please do it. The economy's getting shitty. Um, yes, uh, definitely go down to our Patreon. You can support the key. Blah, blah, blah. You can support the show there. And um, yeah, we've got tons of stuff there. And actually, we've got this really cool thing that up on uh, the old Patreons. Jeremy, what is the name of that thing that we're doing? After Dark. That's right. And what has got Fated Japan After Dark? It is where all the cool shit happens, man. The stuff we can't put on YouTube, the stuff we can't put on, on Facebook. This is that can only put on patreon it's the dark shit it's the crazy shit it's the shit you really want to hear about from japan yes hell satan on that oh man so we've got the patreons and then we also have the facebook's the instagrams and we just started doing twitter and we also have the youtubes that we just started doing and stuff yes 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 we're late to the game i apologize it's all johnny's fault i'm a lazy fuck i'm sorry oh and faders <laughs> you want to support the show but you don't got cash it's all good you can go to those things you can sign up and stuff but we also have itunes if you go to itunes and you write something groovy that would mean the world to us. And also give us a five-star review. That helps us out too. Man, Jeremy, Jeremy, and uh, Che, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. It's so good to see you guys. Fucking Friday nights are my fucking day. It's my favorite night of the week, dude, because I'm fucking getting faded, hanging out. And actually, I'm really fucking faded. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a bad idea. <laughs> no, it was a great idea. Hey, Jimmy, Johnny, hug me. <laughs> no, no, I've seen your arms, dude. They could wrap around me like three times. Oh, man. Oh, hey, Dalsim. Oh, jeez. <laughs> On that note, faders, we're going to see you next week. Peace. Ciao. Go fuck yourselves. Better keep on running. Gotta keep on running. I should keep on running. Keep on running, gotta keep on running. I should keep on running. Burning ashes in the sink, birds in the ashtray, all the splinters in my hands, trash in the hallway. 
Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.